Did you know that more than 70 million Americans have high blood pressure and a third of those people are unaware of it? Today we'll learn about how this relates to hypertension and what you can do to prevent it. We're going to learn about it today with Dr. Michael Trax, a nephrologist with Highland Medical PC Rockland Renal Associates. This is Sound Advice, the podcast from Highland Medical PC. I'm Prakash Chandran. So first of all, Dr. Trax, let's start with the basics here. What exactly is hypertension? Hypertension is basically an increased blood pressure within our heart and our vasculature inside of our bodies. And we have been struggling with defining what the normal number is, but at this point, we consider 120 over 80 millimeters of mercury being a normal reading. Okay, and just as a layperson, are are you getting that number when you are strapping yourself to that blood pressure monitor? Is that what it's feeding back to you? It should, although... One of the most important questions I get from my patients is this. They come into my office, they rush, they've been rushed through the waiting area, they, they just sit down, and nurse puts on the monitor, and it reads 138 over 90, let's say. And they wonder, you know, my blood pressure is high. I tell them, you have to relax for about five minutes before we take it again, to which they answer, well, I don't relax during the day, therefore, probably that's what it is all the time. And that's a very big misunderstanding. That number needs to be a resting blood pressure. The way this blood pressure number, 120 over 80, was first arrived at is basically uh, probably several decades ago, there was a huge experiment, I believe, in Boston somewhere. I'll say Harvard, I'm not sure, where they, they took these people into a quiet room and asked them to sit still for six minutes, took their blood pressure six times, and then average that for each person, average that across many, many, many different people, and that's where it came out to be 120 over 80. In other words, these were not people walking around the kitchen. I could venture to, to tell you that if you're walking around the kitchen, your blood pressure probably will be 140 over 90, and if you run a marathon, the healthiest person in the world, you may be 160 over 90, and that's okay, because what only matters is what it is when you're resting. And yes, if you do it right at home, it should be 120 over 80. I see. So the importance is just remaining still for a couple minutes and then taking that reading. That's so interesting. Um, so getting back to hypertension, when you hear hypertension, that does that just mean high blood pressure? Correct. It's just another word for high blood pressure. To be perfect, you want to be 120 on the top. That's called systolic blood pressure. That's the blood pressure when the heart squeezes and 80 on the bottom. That is the relaxation blood pressure. We call it diastolic, and that's when the, blood, when the heart relaxes. And when the heart squeezes, that squeeze, that's this pressure wave goes through our entire body. That's what pushes our, you know, our blood all throughout. And when it relaxes is when the kind of system relaxes for a second. And both of these numbers are important. I see. You know, when you have high blood pressure or hypertension, what are the main causes of that? I would say... We have two types of high blood pressure as far as our evaluations are concerned. The most common is something called essential hypertension. Essential hypertension or essential high blood pressure is basically a term given to we don't know where it comes from. Uh, that's exactly what it means. It's about 80% to 85% of our patients walk into our office with high blood pressure. And we, in 2020, do not have an exact idea why that happens. We attribute to several things. We attribute it to age. It's more likely to be with age. We attribute it to obesity, sedentary lifestyle, possibly diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. So there are, you know, all these factors that factor into it, but we still haven't figured out exactly why that is. So we label it essential and leave it at that. The other 15% of patients are very different. Uh, those are called secondary hypertension, and they 
may have a problem. And the problems can come from either from the kidneys or other glands, adrenal gland, thyroid gland, etc. And there's a special workup that we do for all of these, uh, for all of these patients. Okay, I see. And, you know, in doing a little bit of research for this, I understand that there are four stages of hypertension. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? That's very interesting because there are stages in hypertension, just like there are stages in, um, in, in chronic kidney disease, which is another thing that I do. But I've never found stages to be that useful. I tell you what they're useful for. They're useful for magazines to write about them and medical students to study them. And that's about it, Okay. It's, under, it's important to understand where the danger zones are. So I would say 120 over 80 is your perfect, okay? This is when you were 17 years old and you were perfect and you were fine. Then when you are 30s and your 40s, I just want you to know that going over 130 is already a little bit of a problem. And over 140, you definitely need to talk to a doctor. And if you are every day over 160, you really need to, you know, you really need to worry uh, about long-term effects. But that is very different from why I get phone calls about. People call me and say, my blood pressure is 180 over 100. Do I need to go to the ER? And, you know, do I, am I going to get a stroke? And the answer to that is most likely no. Um, none of it can be taken in generalities. This has to be always a discussion between, you, you know, between the patient and their doctor. But I, I often reassure the patients that majority of blood pressure is a problem that is basically going to affect you over time. It is rarely an issue in the immediate, in the immediate situation. But then the patients press me, okay, so when do I go to the ER? And I would say, well, you definitely are calling a doctor on 180, but probably about 200 systolic and above, that's when you start to really be concerned about, about strokes and such. Um, famously, Franklin Delano Roosevelt died of a stroke from high blood pressure because they did not know how to treat it back then. And as far as I read somewhere, his blood pressure at the time was like 250 over 150, crazy numbers. And this is what, this is what killed him. So as far as the stages go, when patients focus on the stages, they kind of they miss the big picture, which is keep your blood pressure as low as possible um, and talk to your doctor as to how you can achieve that through both medications and lifestyle, by the way. Okay, understood. That's that's kind of really interesting to hear. Um, I'm curious as to if there are any physical warning signs when someone's uh, blood pressure is high or they're experiencing that hypertension. Are there things that people can uh, be aware of before they go to actually measure themselves? You know, they don't call it silent killer for nothing. In other words, you may have zero, zero symptoms and yet walk around with blood pressure we would consider high, such as 160, let's say, and above. One common symptom people do have is, is headache, you know, but that's very haphazard. It may happen in some people, may not in others. So, so you cannot wait for the headache to, to, to check yourself. Basically, what it really comes down to is prudent screening. Uh, heart disease kills most Americans uh, out of all other conditions. You, I, anybody else, you know, all the editors are going to cut this interview. We all need to check. We all need to check our blood pressures once in a while. If you're healthy, uh, an adult, if you're a healthy adult and, and, and everything is going well, you know, checking it twice a year is probably suffices. If you're somebody with risk factors, obesity, diabetes, kidney disease, you definitely need to be checking it on a monthly basis, if not more frequently. And that's the only way you're going to catch it. You will never catch it looking for symptoms. And just for the audience here, I'm sure we know, but why is it so important to seek treatment if you notice that your uh, blood pressure is consistently high? Because it thickens your blood vessels on the inside, which will then lead to organ damage and eventually death. 
basically, as the heart is trying to pump through blood, pump, pump blood through increasingly higher blood pressures, it has to thicken itself so the heart is at risk. As this blood is pumping through other organs at high pressure, the way that blood vessels on the inside of our bodies adapt to that is by growing stronger for themselves, which hurts us, the people. Um, kidney fails, you could have problems with the brain, you could have a stroke, etc., etc. So it all comes down to the fact that the only defense our poor little vessels have against high blood pressure is to be thicker. Once they become thicker, our organs fail. It's as simple as that. Now, you talked about diet and exercise as something that uh, we could do as a prevention mechanism to uh, lower our blood pressure. But is there any medication um, that people can take if they experience high blood pressure that will help it lower it immediately? You know, we all grew up in this in this in this world where where people tell us about exercise and weight loss, and it kind of washes over of our heads. So we don't really take it seriously. But here's how I make it very clear for my patients: I basically ask them, "You have high blood pressure. We could treat it with chemicals or self-discipline. It's your choice." You know, people come into me and say, "Doc, I'm on so many medicines." Well, I'm telling you again: you got two choices. You got chemicals or you got self-discipline, because it is really about that. I have so many patients that have basically gotten this self-discipline aspect, lost 15 pounds, started to avoid salt in their diet, et cetera, et cetera, and their blood pressure gets better without any medicines. So it really is, you know, it's real. It's, it's a real thing. And it's, it's, it's hard to make it real after we've heard it 100,000 times and, and totally ignore it. So as a good, you know, as a doctor, most doctors will do that. We will not just sit and tell you this. We will actually work with you. And we will actually, I, I keep my patients away from medicine for as long as I can. If you come to my office with a blood pressure of 145, 150, my first instinct is not to give you the medicine. I will really make you work for it. I'll make you check your blood pressures at home. I'll make you tell me exactly what you're eating. I want to see some weight loss. And I'll work with you and I'll make you understand how much this will help you. Only if you fail that after several months will we start talking about medicines. And to answer your questions about whether or not to start something, well, you know, there's two types of patients. Those who are in emergent situation, maybe they are coming into the hospital with very high blood pressures. We certainly have medicines for those people. Very rarely will you be needing medicine immediately. Let's say somebody takes their blood pressure in their kitchen and it's elevated, 150 over 95. Very rarely do they need to go to the doctor immediately. They should contact their doctor, make an appointment, and we will then... Um, you know, work with you, but there's never a situation where a de novo patient that's never had high blood pressure should be thinking about, you know, using a medication on an immediate basis. I love the way that you articulated that. How do you want to cure this with chemicals or self-discipline? I think it really frames it for that person and really shows them that they are in control. And of course, who wouldn't prefer not putting chemicals in their body? And let's not forget that most recently, all of our chemicals that we treated with, i.e. medicines, have been contaminated and have been uh, basically a recall after recall of the common blood pressure medicines. So yet another reason to stay away from them. Very good to know. So just as we wrap up here, is there anything that we didn't cover here today that you would like our audience to know? Yes, we need practicalities on what I said earlier. For example, salt. Um, it is very important to know what the salt number should be uh, intake. And it is 250 milligrams of sodium per serving. Basically, that thing that shows, you know, that the thing on the label you're going to look, that will have, they will have a sodium number and you, you are striving for 250. The reason I say that is, People, for example, know that they're not supposed to eat cold cuts, so they get low 
low-salt ham. Well, low-salt ham, you know, regular ham may have 800 and low-salt 600. It's technically low-salt for manufacturer, but it's still way too much. So therefore, you cannot look at the front of the package. You cannot be fooled by the low-salt labels. You've got to flip it about and look at the number, and 250 is the magic figure you're looking for. Okay, great to know. Well, Dr. Trax, I truly appreciate your time today. This has been very informative. That's Dr. Michael Trax, a nephrologist with Highland Medical PC, Rockland Renal Associates. Thanks for checking out this episode of Sound Advice. Call 1-866-550-HMPC to make an appointment with Michael Trax or another provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks, and we'll talk next time.